Welcome to the Bliss Tonic Podcast, where we get real about the ups and downs of the human experience, and we use yogic philosophy and self-study as our Bliss Tonic. I'm Michelle Anthony, yoga teacher, spiritual mentor, meditation advocate, and dancer, circus performer. Flow is flow is flow is flow. Let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for choosing to spend some time with me and some time in self-reflection and curiosity. Let's settle into our body and into our breath for just a moment before we dive into this week's topic, all about using the body as a springboard for spiritual awakening, which is one of the tenets of the tantric philosophy system. So, Wherever you are, take a moment to pause and feel a little more depth to your breath. And feel a deep sense of connection to your physical body. What does it feel like to be in your physical body right now? As you breathe, do you notice any aches and pains? Do you notice places where your awareness goes to with ease? Do you notice places where there's maybe holes in your awareness or a lack of awareness in the physical body? Bring a sense of softening to the jaw. And we'll take three breaths in through the nose and out the mouth. Relaxing the whole jaw and mouth as you exhale. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the mouth. One more. Feel a gentle smile. As present. Keeps you focused on either the task that you're engaging with while you're listening to this episode or with pure listening. So before we get into this topic of using the body as a springboard for spiritual awakening, which yes, I know, in some ways contradicts last week's episode all about my, you know, quote-unquote disenchantment with the practice of yoga as we know it in the West as basically a 99% physical class you go to and maybe there's an ohm at the end, maybe there's a namaste, which actually means hello and we use it to close class, so there's that whole um, dissonance. Um, And, uh, you know, we're going to get into the body and ways that we can use it and why it's a beautiful tool for us to connect deeper to our spiritual purpose, to our our sense of who we are 
beyond this lifetime, beyond just the physical body. And to start to feel good. Like that's the whole purpose of all of this, right? Is to feel better while we are alive. And this is my number one purpose in everything that I offer and put out into the world. And perhaps why I'm leaning away from teaching asana-based classes. It is my goal to help as many people as I can eliminate so much suffering (laughs) and it can be the suffering that we create for ourselves by acting out of alignment with who we are and our desires and values the suffering around our self-worth and a sense of deservingness of what we want to call in and be in this lifetime so i want all of us to be happy (laughs) To reach a sense of peace and happiness beyond suffering. Um, And so before we get into that topic and into ways that we can use this kosha model um, to better understand the ways that we can engage with the different aspects of self in order to achieve that purpose of less suffering, more happiness, right? That's the goal. That's the bliss tonic here. I have a couple updates, including Bliss Tonic. Um, and so one of the biggest updates is following last week's episode, I got such an intuitive hit to remove yoga from my business name. And honestly, my Facebook business name was Bliss Tonic Yoga and Movement Arts, which is like so long ago. And I don't practice or share anything as as the movement arts piece. Um, that was like pre moonrise aerials when I was doing like circus classes and just all sorts of other stuff mixed with the yoga and the spirituality and all of the things I've always been really into sharing with all of you. So I have decided to just cut back everything that is keeping me in a box and we're just straight bliss tonic now all right so welcome to bliss tonic <laughs> um so you can find me on facebook as just bliss tonic now i'm same the same on instagram which is bliss tonic mish which is a nickname a lot of my friends have for me in case you didn't know that um obviously michelle mish um i don't know Here we are. Um, Okay, so a couple more things along the lines with Bliss Tonic and the ways that my business has been going. Because I've kind of eliminated that yoga, I am moving towards offering more spiritual teachings, we'll call it, right? We'll just call it spiritual teachings. Um, And so I'm going to be doing this in a private Facebook group called the Bliss Tonic Seekers uh, for anyone who's just looking for more connection, for a sense of community to other people who are on the spiritual path and just looking for validation and a sense of community, especially in this time 
when we are really disconnected, A, um, in a physical person-to-person kind of way, and B, where where there's just so much noise um, on the internet world um, that we just kind of scroll instead of interact. And I would really like to change that in that community. So I'll be having like different prompts for you all to connect with each other and also be offering special teachings um, and just posts that are unique to that Facebook group. Um, I'm also going to be starting doing collective channelings. Um, And so I'm going to be starting this on Wednesday is going to be my first one. And it's going to be every single week, every Wednesday. And it's going to take place live on YouTube. And this is huge. Like this is huge. (laughs) Um, Because A of all, it's my first time doing a collective channeling. Um, It's my first time doing a live collective channeling. Um, But I got the message that this is a part of my path. And I got the specific time and day that I'm going to be doing it as well as the frequency. So we'll just see how it goes. Um, And I may do the first one like live, but not tell any of you unless you're a subscriber, in which case you'll get the notification. Um, And all of these podcasts are all on YouTube as well in a visual format. If that's something that just you jive with a little bit more than just listening, however, I love a good um, just podcast that I can pop in and put my phone away. But if you're one of those people who get a lot more from watching something visually, then this is for you, babes. Okay. So Facebook group, YouTube, change in the name, and final announcement. Uh, Just kidding. I have two more, but they're not really announcements. It's all exciting stuff. Um, Is waitlist for the shadow program. Um, So if you heard me sharing about the integrated shadow program in the past, um, it's something that the six-week course ended a couple weeks ago, and I do have a wait list if you're interested in joining our next round, which will be announced here in the next couple weeks um, when the next cycle of the integrated shadow will be happening with updated workbook, um, updated lectures, and even a little bit of change in the structure of it. And it probably will be increasing in price every time, but if you're in the wait list, you will get a unique discount. Um that won't be available anywhere else. Okay, final thing. I'm going to be offering more Akashic Record readings, um, not only to the collective every Wednesday at 10 a.m. live on YouTube. Here we go. Um, You're holding me accountable now um, to this. Um, But I'm also offering one-on-one readings. And so what this looks like is either a digital reading where I send you, you send me your full legal name and up to six um, questions that you have. And uh, it's not just past life stuff. It can be literally any question, past, present, and future potentialities. Um, And uh, for that, I do have a a certain price right now, but that's going to go up soon um, as I am just like up leveling every area of my life and limiting the amount of sessions and commitments that I have beyond creating content for you. Um, 
yeah, the price of that is going to go up significantly. Um, so if you're interested in getting an Akashic reading, you can get the digital one or you can get an hour long Zoom um, reading where you can go back and forth and ask questions um, and get feedback. And sometimes you can also just kind of like share about what's been going on in your life. Um, and then information will start to come through from the records. So those are two options. I'll have links to that and ways to book that in the show notes on the Square Scheduling app. Okay, let's get into today's content. And again, just reminding you, it's all about ways that the body can become a springboard for spiritual awakening and how this is actually one of the main philosophical tenets of Tantra Yoga is that everything is sacred. And sacredness pervades all of reality and duality, and it's not separate from it. Um, and so this is one of the things that I love most about the tantric teachings is this aspect of um, embodiment being very important, that actually our bodies are a unique tool to experience the divine. Um, and it's something that is really different than a lot of other teachings that are out there, specifically like religion that says we need to like that we're sinful and all of these other things. Um, so the body is a springboard for spiritual awakening, or it can be. Um, and so I like to use this model of the koshas. These are the uh, energetic or aspects, sheaths that surround our core being. We could say our consciousness, who we actually are outside of being a human. The part of us that is the consciousness that doesn't live in the body, right? That it, sh it lives in the body and it sheds the body and it lives on, right? It's never born, never dies from the Bhagavad Gita. So we have I like to think about it too. There's the metaphor of the lampshade, if you've heard it, right? We have these layers that kind of essentially block our light. But I feel like sometimes that um, analogy can make it seem like all of these um, layers of self are bad, um, but it can be also looked at as like a filter through which we express and witness our own consciousness. Okay. So we have our physical body, which is our outermost sheath or layer of who we are in this lifetime. We have a body, right? Which is also called the food body. These are all different bodies, right? And then we have the energy body, our entire energetic system. And what I want to say about our energy body, our pranamaya kosha, is that it exists in a similar way that our physical body exists, but it is not in the physical body. It is in, if you could think about, let's say, the terminology 3D and 5D, right? They're just different frequencies and vibrations where the, what is the vibration of a thought, right? It's very different from the vibration of me um, hitting something and it making a noise because it's physical thing on physical thing, right? And so we have different frequencies. And so when we think about, okay, so our central energy channel is along the spine, right? It helps us to orient um, where to direct our energy, but it is not 
in the physical body. It's in a different vibrational frequency. And it really, it's hard to describe until you experience. And even so, like it's the the moments of experience can be so fleeting um, that it can be easy to forget what that feels like too. Um, so truly it's, it's a different dimension of experience. If that helps you kind of, perhaps it makes it more confusing. Perhaps it helps you understand depending on where you're at, um, with this exploration of 3d, 5d, which I don't really like to talk about that much, just a difference in frequency. So we have our body, our physical body and our energy body connection, but it's not necessarily like our physical body, which I think we just think of so often. So it's a different dimension of experience, but guess what? We can access our energy body through the physical body, right? And we can feel that. um, Let's say my favorite example is this question. Do you need rest or do you need physical movement to shake up your energy, right? Because if we're sitting all day, we're tired. But it doesn't mean necessarily that we need rest in the context of like sleep or whatever, zoning out on the couch. Could be, right? But it's a question only you can answer for yourself in the moment. But it's oftentimes that if we're sitting all day, that when we do physical movement, whether you know it's an asana yoga class, going for a walk, like anything, going for a bike ride, whatever it is that just kind of pumps energy into different areas of our body where it was stagnant before, right? And that's a very physical way that you can feel and experience that connection of physical and energetic body is like this sense of tiredness that we get when we sit, right? And how we can actually do the opposite of that to bring more energy. Something that we might consider like, oh, if we work out, we're going to be tired. But in fact, it does bring more energy sometimes. And sometimes we do just need rest, right? Um, If we're go, go, go all the time. And we're going to get into a little more finer um, explorations of that too. Okay, so we have our physical body, our energy body, which is an entire system just like we have... um, you know, organs and like muscles and bone and like an entire structure. We have an entire structure to our energy body as well of the energy channels, these nadis, these pathways for energy to flow, these vortexes of energy or places where there's connections in the energy channels, right? And so there's a lot of different, um, an entire system. I'll say there's an entire system of the energy body as well. And yes, it correlates to our experience in the physical body, but it's not our physical body. Okay, moving on from that. Okay, so we have our lower mind. So we have lower mind and higher mind. Our lower mind is the way we take in sensory information, right? Through the body, through the energy body, and our mind, our lower mind, then takes in sensory information through energy and physical body and decides what to do with it, right? Is it something I just am taking in? Do I put out a reaction of some kind? Do I like integrate and process? So it's basically an in every single thing we take in um, through the senses is filtered through the lower mind, right? And 
what's cool is then when we get to the discerning mind, that's the part that can, you know, make meaning, that can um, analyze and decide what's best for us based on the sensory input, right? There's the pause between sensory input and reaction or like putting sense like, uh, sensory reaction, right? So the discerning mind can put that pause between sensory input and sensory reaction. Along with other things, the discerning mind is also the place where it's the seat of our intuition and psychic abilities. So it's the aspect of mind consciousness through which we can see more clearly the realm of the non-physical, And this is something that leads us to a state of bliss, which is the innermost sheath to our consciousness. And that is Anandamaya Kosha, this innermost sheath, which is the sheath of bliss, which gets closest to our natural state of consciousness, which is peace, which is joy, We just have all of these layers that are built up around it. And we can work with any single one of these layers in order to get closer to the root of our consciousness, who we are. And so a couple things I want to talk about in regards to this. Okay, so the lower mind. So one way that we can make it easier for us to get closer to who we actually are, get closer to a sense of peace, right? There's so much suffering that comes with this forgetfulness that we are actually not just humans here to do our physical work and, you know, find partner and like whatever it is we're told we have to do because we're a human within society, right? That just going through this like 3D human experience in the matrix of like what we're told to be and do. But when we start to question things, right? We can start to purify some of the activities and experiences that dull our senses, our ability to perceive. That's one of the greatest ways that we can enhance our lives is enhance our ability to perceive the world around us. Not only in noticing things that we perhaps didn't notice before, but in our ability to notice in a more refined way, we notice more subtle things, more subtle experiences. So yes, we can do that by moving the physical body and by, you know, just clearing space, by taking care of it, by feeding it food that is going to fuel our energy body instead of kind of create a more dissonance, right? So we can like eat things that we know aren't good for us, that don't make us feel good, that perhaps make us feel lethargic or that make us feel bad or guilty about ourselves, which is all very, very personal to you. It's not like there's any one thing you're not allowed to eat, right? Never gonna tell you that. 
I'm very much about like, if it brings you joy, like go for it, but like be in the joy around it. Okay. So we can like decide and purify the physical body through movement and what we eat. Right. And then the energy body, we have so many different ways to purify that. Like absolute, so many different ways. We can work with our breath, which directly affects the energy body. We can work with certain energetic practices. We have like bandhas, right? Which is the the basically manipulation and control of our energy. We have something as simple as directing our awareness and our attention, changes where our energy goes, right? You all know the phrase, it's it's now written on target art, right? Wherever you place your attention is where energy goes. How to say, I literally never can get this right. Energy flows where attention goes, something like that. So we have even just the fact of our attention being able to, to control where our prana, our life force energy goes, okay? This is where we're getting more and more refined. So now we have our lower mind and we have all of the sensory input. And this one is so important and a really big uh, topic, especially in today's society, especially now with all of the crazy stuff that's going on, we have, we are inundated with sensory input. We're inundated with information which then our discerning mind can say, okay, you know, this is, feels right with me. This feels like wrong, right? You know, and it's like this organizing, sorting process happening in the mind automatically. And then we have all of this information that's stored, right? It's all stored until we process, integrate, or eliminate. And so everything from all of the lighting that we encounter, artificial lighting, every single thing on social media that we scroll, which is like, it's so much information. And you can always tell, like, and maybe you, maybe you can't, maybe you're not in this place where you've been called to take a social media break yet. Maybe you are now. But when you're scrolling and you feel something in your body, or like whether it's anxiety or anger, like, that didn't come from nowhere. Something in you was triggered by all of this information that you were taking in. How much is too much for you? And again, it's a very personal thing. How much information is just like too much for you to process in any given day? And with that, how do you process it? So often we're not taking the time to actually process this information, right? We're just like perpetually putting more in and more in and more in and more in. Essentially, we're like frying our system, creating more stress, more anxiety, and in upregulation. If you study epigenetics, it's not just having certain genes that make us prone to certain disease, right? Absolutely, that's a thing. But epigenetics tells us that we can either upregulate or downregulate the way those genes express themselves in in our in our body, whether or not they express themselves at all. Um, and so this is where we're like our nervous system is inundated with too much information, with emotional responses that we don't actually take the time to express and eliminate from the physical body. Can you see how all of these layers 
go back and forth, feed each other information and um, assist us on, on our personal growth or create more suffering depending on, you know, how we're engaging with them. And then our higher mind and bliss body are these more refined parts of ourselves. And what I want to say about this is if you want more time, okay, let's say, um, do you want to be more connected to your intuition? And whether that's like, okay, I want to do readings for people. I want to be a psychic. I want to be intuitive. Like, sure, that's one part of it. But do you want to be connected to the part of you that knows what to do and when to do it. That is connected to the part of you that knows, yes, my body wants this and I don't want this. I want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. And you're able to act on that. So not just, oh, I know this is what my body wants, but I'm going to eat this instead, right? And so it can be any part, any other sheath is connected to that. So it can be in regards to like, I'm discerning what to do with my physical body, with my lower mind, with my energy body, right? And so this discerning mind that is the center of our psychic and intuitive abilities, but also that helps us know what to do, our internal guidance system, which is so important. And so... The question is, if you want to be closer to that place or even closer to the bliss sheath, which is still a covering, right? We can also get stuck there and just like, I just want to be in the bliss and not be in my body and not be in my mind and not be in my energy. I just want to be in this state of bliss, which is also a block to who we actually are. Right. And we can, you could see how we p- could potentially get stuck in there. You get stuck or addicted to this feeling of bliss. Is it like good, bad, right, wrong? Who knows? Right. Like, let's not judge that, like, if you're just like wanting to be in bliss, like maybe that's where you need to be right now. I refer to two weeks ago episode on the should we eliminate the ego episode for more on that. But the question I want to pose to you is, If you want to see a shift to these more inner layers of who you are that are closer to who you actually are, how much energy are you putting into those parts of your life? So we spend so much time in our physical world taking care of the things we need to take care of, working, taking care of the children, like taking care of our physical body, eating, like we spend a lot, a big portion of the day in the physical world, right? So we obviously need to spend a lot of time taking care of the things we need to take care of. Like that's just a fact. But if you want to get closer to some of those more inner layers, we have to ask how much time are we willing to spend in that space? whether it's in the space of meditation, quiet, down-regulation, processing of all of the information and emotions, um, communication. Like, how much time do you spend in silence every day, not distracted? I think distraction is one of the biggest hindrances to achieving our own mastery, Mastery over ourselves, 
maybe our, I don't want to say lower functioning, but just our habits, right? That we just unconsciously engage with every day. But also who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to leave behind when we leave this, this earth, our own mastery. It doesn't come from consuming. It comes from this place of being a little bit closer to who we actually are and bringing our unique imprint out into the world. This is something that I've been pouring myself over for the past couple months with increasing intensity is spending more and more time in the spirit world. And yet, you know, I still have to do all the physical things I have to do and, and the relationships that I have to care for and all of that. But even just adding half an hour to meditation practice every day, even just putting the phone away two hours before bedtime and just like putting it in a separate room, even doing a no screen time night, like something small. It doesn't have to be like a huge life change thing. But if you want to get closer to the innermost sheaths, these koshas, we have to spend more time in the subtle. Well, I hope, uh, I, th- I think that's that's going to do it for today <laughs> and what I had uh, wanted to share with all of you. Um, so yeah, just thank you so much for, for tuning in to this episode, for taking the time to listen and engage with this content. And I really hope that it is helping you on your journey to eliminate some of your suffering and bring you just a little bit more happiness. If this episode brought you just a little bit closer to inspiration or happiness, please rate and review, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, and every little bit that you do to connect back with me, with this content that I share, just means so much to let me know that you're listening. Um, So thank you very much for connecting back with me after listening or watching this episode. Huge thank you to Kyle Piper. You know who you are for editing this podcast. You're a lifesaver. He's also the one who does my website and I think he's got some time for more customers. With that, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. See ya.